With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Daily Premier League news and views. This is Football Social Daily. Welcome to Friday's Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast with a new episode every single day of the campaign. And it's a campaign which, after just three match days, is going to be interrupted by an international break. Gareth Southgate selected his first England squad since the three Lions reached the final of Euro 2020. And there's a place in the group for lead striker Patrick Bamford. We'll discuss the latest England crop on today's show, as well as looking at the Champions League group stage draw. Chelsea, Liverpool and both Manchester clubs found out their opponents last night. We'll take a look at who's got the toughest task and who should be gracing the knockout stages of this season's competition. Plus, as we approach the closure of the transfer window, we take a look at some of the latest top flight gossip with talk on Brighton, Liverpool, Everton, Watford and Tottenham. Just five days left now for clubs to get their business done. I'm Niall, thanks for joining us on Football Social Daily today. And by us, I of course mean Marley Anderson, who you probably would have guessed by now is here on today's show. All right, Marley. Hello, not long time no speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only about 24 hours or so. Uh, and it's also a warm welcome to the podcast, all the way from Down Under, to Duncan from the Full Time Report podcast, which is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How are you doing, Duncan? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Good evening to you, I suppose you could say, because I can't imagine it's too early where you are. <laughs> No, it's nearly night now, actually. Oh, not too bad. I love the commitment, though. Um, As we say, you're part of the Full-Time Report podcast, which you can find on the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're a long-time listener to Football Social Daily, you should know about the podcast network by now. It's basically a group of a host of podcasts across a range of sports, which you can go and listen to just by visiting our website, sport-social.co.uk. You can also find the podcasts on pretty much every single podcast platform. So if you fancy taking a listen to something different, head over there. And why not listen to the full-time report which Duncan is the host of tell us a little bit about the show Duncan and what it is that you do there on the show yeah so we basically just cover everything that's happening in football you know 
your Bundesliga news, your Serie A news, your Premier League news. We just do everything. So anything that's hot in football, basically, we'll do. Nice one, man. Well, if you're an Australian listening in and you fancy uh, taking some info in from your fellow Aussie, go and check out Full Time Report. But the first place we're going to start on today's Football Social Daily is with the Champions League group draw. And we discussed the Champions League on yesterday's podcast and whether we think the Premier League teams will go deep into the competition this season. Of course, Chelsea won it last year. They're the defending champions. And they've been placed in Group H along with Juventus. Juventus, Zenit St. Petersburg from Russia and Malmö from Sweden. Manchester United are in Group F. They've got Villarreal in a repeat of the Europa League final. Of course, they faced the Spanish side last season. Atalanta from Serie A and Young Boys from Bern in Switzerland. Liverpool, six-time winners of the competition in Group B, along with Atletico Madrid, Porto and AC Milan. Remember that final in 2005? What a great final that was between Liverpool and Milan. And Group A is Manchester City, PSG, Leipzig and Club Bruges. So, Marley, all that considered, now that we've gone through the groups, which Premier League side do you think's got the toughest task to qualify for the knockout stages? Uh, I think Liverpool have got probably the toughest group on paper. Um, there's no obvious sort of really weak team in that in that group. I mean, if, if you're looking at Porto as the weakest team, you know you know you've got a good group if you if you're looking at them as the ones who you'd expect to to lose probably four games. But it's uh, it's very evenly matched, and I think whoever drew Milan in their group was going to have the toughest group because Milan were in pot four. Um, we know Milan are obviously have the history and the, the depth and the, the players and the squad to do very, very well. Um, and it was a case of if they get drawn in with one of the English teams, you, you're looking at a very competitive group. And I think that is one because Atletico Madrid have obviously got the pedigree as well. They're one of the hardest teams to beat over two legs, um, probably slightly easier. You'd rather get them in the group stage or the knockout stage, I would I would probably say. Um, but they're still a quality team. Luis Suarez going back to Anfield. Um, that little narrative's nice and uh, nice and juicy for the papers and the media to get into. Um, and then you've got Porto as well, who, who improve every year pretty much. Obviously, they won it in 2004. They're always um, spurred on by that. And I just think that that's a great group. There's not, there's not a game in there that I wouldn't want to watch. If it was Porto versus Atletico or Porto versus Milan or... Atletico versus Milan. I'd watch all of those games very, uh, you know, as, as a football fan, I think that's a fantastic group. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool, we've seen them face difficult tasks in the Champions League in the past, Duncan, and they've managed to drag themselves through it. I'm thinking of mainly that knockout going with Barcelona where they were four goals behind and they managed to do the unthinkable and get themselves through. But as Marley says, I think I'd probably agree. This is the toughest group coming up against an Atletico side who have just won La Liga and AC Milan side who are certainly rejuvenated since um, the, the last couple of seasons and a Porto outfit who are always a tough nut to crack. So would you agree with Marley in saying that Liverpool have probably got the toughest group? Yeah, I think Liverpool or um, Manchester City. I think Man City, their group looks tough as well. I think with Porto, Milan, Atletico, it's tough. But then you look at Man City's group. You've got PSG, who, you know, got Messi, Ramos, all these great players now. And you've got Leipzig, who in recent seasons have shown they, they're not like an easy team to, to beat. I think they, they, they came second Bundesliga game this season, being the runners up last season. And Bruges, probably not the toughest team, but they've qualified for the Champions League in recent seasons and they've shown they can cause an upset or two. So I think it's, yeah, definitely between Man City's group and Liverpool's group. Those are the two toughest groups. But Atletico, Madrid versus Liverpool will be very interesting because if we remember the last time Atletico versus Liverpool, um, they knocked Liverpool out in knockout stages. That was a a great match. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that with Manchester City, as you say. PSG, Leipzig and Club Bruges. That's Group A, Marley. I mean, Man City against PSG, that's one that's going to turn a few heads just simply because of, you know, the ownership and the backing of the two clubs. But not only that, uh, the quality on the field. Now, as Duncan points out, that Ramos and, uh, and Messi, we don't know about Mbappe, could be on his way to Real Madrid. We'll find out in the next few days, of course. But certainly, even if Mbappe did leave PSG, they've got plenty of quality <laughs> on the pitch. Up against the Man City side, who have got uh, equally as much quality. So that is going to be a tasty one. Yeah, that's got to be huge. I think that was the first... Um draw out the out the box sort of thing when when the the second lot of teams got drawn and you're thinking PSG were in pot two and they got drawn into uh, into Man City's group it was just it was almost written in the stars with with what happened this this summer with Messi leaving and and thinking it's between City and PSG obviously City didn't make the move in the end but you always thought I wonder if they'll meet in the near future and then what you know two weeks later here we are drawn together in the group stage they're going to play each other twice um i don't know about you but I'm, I'm going to try and get a ticket for for the etihad because i want to see messi play in the flesh <laughs> I, w- I went to um went to barcelona in 2019 on a work trip to watch um barca versus inter and i was thinking buzzing i'm going i'm going to go finally see messi in the flesh in the new camp and he got injured the week before. He, he did his elbow and he was out oh. for three weeks and i thought that's just my luck i'm never going to get to see the greatest player ever um, play and uh, now he's coming to England again so I might try and, uh, try and get a Man City ticket somehow and uh, go and watch him play because that's a, that's a huge game He'll test positive for COVID or he'll injure himself <laughs> or something. You'll get a ticket and he won't Probably, play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and make you jealous by I have seen Messi play and I've actually seen Messi score a free kick as well in a 1-0 win at the new Camp against Atletico Madrid of all teams. Um, so you've it's a scrappy seen, game. So you've seen Messi score a free kick in the flesh, and then you've seen that Ronaldo free kick against Portsmouth uh, about two million times over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw Ronaldo's first ever Premier League goal for Manchester United was against Portsmouth, and it was a free kick. It wasn't the one you're thinking of that wobbled yeah. all over the place and beat David James. But yeah, I, I'm sick of the sight of Ronaldo, and I'm quite glad actually that we're not in the Premier League because if he comes to Man City, you just know that if <laughs> if they draw a Portsmouth in a cup game or something, <laughs> he's he's going to score his first free kick in about four years against us you just know it's going to happen um let's talk about the uh, the other two groups group f with manchester united Villarreal, atalanta and young boys and group h with defending champions chelsea juventus zenit st petersburg and malma if we've established duncan that group a and b with city and liverpool in are the two toughest groups who do you think's got the easiest group and the best chance of progressing through to the knockout stages out of manchester united and chelsea probably chelsea to be honest yes you've got juventus a tough team Although in recent seasons, they've kind of gone off a bit. And Zenit Malmo should be easy for Chelsea. United's group, it's a lot tougher than I think what appears on paper. You've got Villarreal, who obviously Manchester United lost to in that Europa League final last season. Atalanta, you know, they've been the tough team to beat in recent years in the Champions League. I think they knocked out. Who was, was it they knocked out two seasons ago in the Champions League? I can't remember. But they're, they're a tough team. You know, if you look in Serie A, I think that they come consistently third in Serie A now. Um, young boys... Last time United faced in the Champions League was three only three seasons ago. And they they proved tougher um, than they than they look. So yes, people will expect United to top Group F, but it's not as simple as it appears. So I mean, Chelsea as Champions League as Champions League winners, you would expect them to you know 
get through to the knockout stages quite easily. Yeah, I mean, certainly as well with Juventus, we don't know if Ronaldo is going to be there. And he's kind of quite important to their chances of winning the Champions League, which effectively is why he went to Juventus in 2018, was to win them or help win them the Champions League. Because Juventus, who had won Serie A title year after year after year after year, I think the fans even though they had this glut of trophies in the league, were getting a bit bored of winning the Scudetto every season and they wanted to win the Champions League. So they put their eggs in the Ronaldo basket. And I won't say it's backfired because his record for, Ju- uh, for Juventus is absolutely insane in terms of goals per game and all the rest of it. But they haven't won the Champions League and they've also lost their grip at the top of Serie A as well because Inter are now the champions. So I think there are a few problems there at Juventus and Chelsea, it seems like the opposite. They've gone from being a side which hasn't challenged for titles for a few years now to being a side who have won the Champions League and under Thomas Tuchel and now Lukaku's come in, look really strong and possibly could be Premier League champions this season. What's your take, Marley? Because, you know, we mentioned this on yesterday's show that Manchester United had a group they should have qualified from last season in the Champions League and they stuffed it up against Istanbul Başak Şehir. But here they face a Villarreal side who are tough and they've already lost to in a cup final. An Atalanta side who, as Duncan rightly points out, are a decent hitter in Serie A these days. And young boys who are always going to pose a difficult test. Yeah, I think it's um, a bit of a, a bit of a banana skin group that for Man United because, you know, we, we I feel like Villarreal and Atalanta are a similar level to um, to Leipzig, who they they struggled against last. Uh, in the last group stage and, and even Istanbul a little bit. I think they're probably better than Istanbul. Um, so I feel like, you know, they've got two sort of um, teams with, with potential to, to upset them. I think young boys will pose a threat. The young boys will probably lose, you know, five of the six games and, and end up being a bit of whipping boys in that group. But um, if Man United aren't at, at their top level, I think there's, there's two teams in that group that could upset them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Atalanta top the group if if Man United slip up, um, and it, I think it comes down to United or Villarreal because you know Villarreal have, haven't had a bad summer at all. They've kept Pau Torres, kept Gerard Moreno. Um, they're still a quality side. They won the um, they won the Super Cup, didn't they recently uh, um, as well? So you know they've got they've got massive uh, massive confidence and. Unai Emery, you know, he's, he's got that um, knack of, of doing really well in the cup tro- cup uh, competitions. I know mainly the the uh, Europa League, but can he transfer that and, and shock Man United? I, I still think Man United should get through. Of course they should. But, you know, I think that there's there's huge potential there to, um, to maybe get a bit of an upset. Yeah, I mean, Villarreal, I don't think they won the Super Cup in the end. I think it went to penalties and Chelsea won it. But um, they got, oh, to, sorry, they, they yeah, got to the penalty that. shootout, didn't they? And... Uh, or I, I, do you know what? I can't remember. Chelsea won it though for sure, but yeah, certainly it wasn't it wasn't an easy game, I don't think. And uh, actually, on Manchester United, we mentioned a couple of days ago on Football Social Daily about Premier League clubs unanimously voting that they're not going to release players for international duty. And Edinson Cavani posting on his Instagram lots of question marks, as if to say, "Why is this happening?" Well, it seems to me that it's come out that 
Edinson Cavani is going to travel to Uruguay, who have got international fixtures in October, November, January, February and March. And there's a two-week quarantine for every time he comes back. So there's a large chunk of the season in which Edinson Cavani probably won't be available for Manchester United. So that kind of builds on the story that we touched upon yesterday and will probably dent United's chances in both domestic competition and European without him. I wonder if they'd have extended his contract if they knew that last season. (laughs) Well, I think he wanted to go back to Uruguay or South America anyway, didn't he? So I think it was a bit of a boost that Cavani extended his contract. Anyway, we're sidetracked. That is the Champions League group draw. Man City have PSG, Leipzig and Bruges. Liverpool have Atletico, Porto and Milan. Manchester United will face Villarreal again, as well as Atalanta and Young Boys. And Chelsea will defend their crown in the group stages against Juventus, Zenit St. Petersburg and Malmö. So that's it for the Champions League group stage draw. We also found out yesterday the latest England squad and we'll talk about it next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily from Sport Social. If you hit subscribe, that way you won't miss an episode of the podcast again. We have a brand new show every single day of the Premier League season, including on Saturdays and Sundays where we do preview and review shows of the weekend's top flight action, including this weekend because there are matches this weekend. Next weekend also we'll have shows for you, but no games due to the international break. But why not hit subscribe anyway? And that way you won't miss an episode. Time to talk about England now. Only what feels like a matter of weeks after the Euro finished we're back talking about international football again because this is for me the worst part of the season Marley even though it's only just started we've got another international break so before we talk about Gareth Southgate's first England squad after the Euros final what's your take on the fact that we've already got a break in the domestic season due to international football because there is quite a few in this autumn period where there is a break almost like every three or four weeks and it really sort of to me dissects the season and I'm not a fan yeah um it's just part of it isn't it you know you get going you get used to the Premier League being back and then it's like oh there's another one and then there's another one I think in October and then there's another one in November and then you get a little break until March I think it is so yeah it's just it's just part of it with the whole qualification process which is quite laborious and a little bit boring because you know England win nine out of ten games and smash Lithuania and Andorra and all these sort of um, teams around most most weeks but I don't know it's, 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 I, for me I get a break watching Newcastle United and Steve Bruce <laughs> trying, to, trying to, uh, to to win a game so it's it's not as bad for me but um, yeah it's, it's just one of them things now you, you get used to it um, it's something that always halts the momentum of the game slightly but it's it's been here for years and it's not going anywhere quickly and with the introduction of the Nations League and everything as well you know there's always something going on now with the Euros or Euro qualifying the World Cup or qualifying or the Nations League as well so it's um there's always something to uh, to get stuck into yeah, and we're going to get stuck into the latest England squad. Apologies in advance to Duncan, who I know is an Australian, but we're going to have to talk about it, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, the big news is that Patrick Bamford's been included 
in the squad, Duncan. That's the kind of headline amongst the latest group announced by Gareth Southgate. Do you think that he deserves his chance to play for the national team for England after performances that he's put in for Leeds over the last couple of seasons? If we base him on this season, the games he's played, no. But on maybe the past, what, two seasons, yes. I think last season he was very close to getting caught up. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a tough one because if you look at his past games um, against Man United, he was yeah, non-existent. And you look at that game against Everton, I don't think he was he was particularly good as well. So based on those two games, no. But his form in the past season has, has been very, very good. And I think Southgate wants to call him up just to see if he can get an option because right now in that forward position, who have England got? I think they've got Calvert-Lewin saying another, another option. I think is what Southgate's trying to test here. And I think potentially just to um, um, cap-tie Bamford, because I think it's Bamford Irish or something like that, and they can call them up or something like that. So maybe, maybe, just maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> just maybe. I think Southgate might be doing that. That's probably not the um, main reason. But um, I think, yeah, it's, it's a tough question to answer whether his current form deserves for, for him to be called up. Yeah, I mean, like you say, I think he was pretty close to being called up to the Euro squad and missed out in the end. But actually, it's a good point that Duncan raises, Marley, for me, because it feels like Southgate sometimes likes to give players a bit of a taste of international football, whether that's to tie them down to England and stop them running off to the Republic of Ireland or something like that is is an interesting question to raise, I suppose. But in terms of what he's done before, particularly with strikers, we've seen it with the likes of... Danny Ings, who again, much like Bamford, has had great form over the last two seasons. Callum Wilson, your striker at Newcastle, has been given chances in recent memory as well. So do you think that this is just something that Southgate likes to do? Drop a player in here and there in these sort of international breaks that really there isn't too much on the line because, as you point out, England nearly always qualify anyway. So do you think that there's a case for that? Southgate kind of just sprinkling players in here and there to see how they get on? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's... <laughs> What you've got to do is, as a national team manager, you don't want the national team to look like a closed shop and the same guys getting picked all the time. Um, and I think England have got a very, um, a very similar set of strikers that are all available and and playing well enough to get into and good enough to get into the England squad. You've got, you know, Bamford, um, Greenwood, Ings, Wilson, Watkins, and they're all. You know, and then Calvert Lewin and Kane, obviously as well. But you know, they're always gonna. There's always gonna be options there for England, and I think you know if you don't give some of them a chance, it's hard. You know, you'd feel bad on them because you know Danny Ings has started the season fantastically well. He's he's not going into the squad. I'd have had him in to be honest for me, uh, Danny Ings. But um, it is what it is. He's gone for Bamford. Bamford hundred percent deserves the chance. Probably. In all honesty, should have went to the Euros, but that opens up the question of how often is he going to actually play at the Euros if he goes, because Kane plays every game and you might get 10 minutes at the end to come on alongside him or something like that. So there's almost the question of what's the point getting in the England squad as a striker if if you know Harry Kane's fit and he's going to captain the side and score all the goals and take all the penalties and be on for 90 minutes every week. So I feel like it's it's fair enough for, for himself. Get Bamford deserves it. Um, next time we'll probably see Ings. If if Wilson stays fit and scores, we could see him again. Same with Watkins. So I feel like in the, the three or four international breaks that we get this season, um, you could see a different striker alongside Kane um, every time. 
Do you know what? I forgot about Ollie Watkins, and I think he definitely falls into that category, like you say. Ings, Wilson, Watkins, Bamford. Um, it feels like Calvert-Lewin of that crop of English strikers uh, that aren't Harry Kane is probably top of the list. And he's in, along with England's captain, Harry Kane, who scored two goals last night for Tottenham. And they qualify through to the uh, group phase of the uh, Europa Conference League by beating Passos de Ferreira, three goals to one so uh, Harry Kane's back amongst the goals which would be good news for Tottenham fans after all the saga this summer um, no Greenwood which Duncan touched upon as well Marley for me he's one of the form players in the Premier League and actually the statistics prove that as well stretching back to the end of last season where he went on a good goal scoring run for Manchester United I think he's quite unlucky to miss out here to be honest I wonder what your thoughts are um, yeah he's, he's un- yeah, probably is unlucky but I feel like coming off the back of last season, he didn't have the greatest start to the season. Um, he found his feet towards the end, I suppose, and he's been decent this this year as well. But I don't know. I think I think out of everyone, I think Ings can be the most annoyed if it was on this season's form. He scored two goals. Greenwood scored two goals. Bamford scored zero goals. So they probably both got more of a a case for him um, than him. But I don't know. I'm I'm for this whole thing. I'm not that fuss because they are all going to get a chance in in you know you can only select 23 players or whatever it is so I feel like they're all going to get a chance um and it doesn't really matter when I think Greenwood will definitely be in in years to come Greenwood's going to hopefully spend the next you know the best part of the next 10 years in the England squad so I feel like missing out in a World Cup qualifier um at the start of the season is is not the biggest deal for him yeah, Mason Greenwood, uh, for me, I think it's inevitable he'll break into the England squad uh, before too long. I really like him. I think it's hard to uh, hard to forget, that, or easy to forget, I should say, that he's only 19 and he's not 20 uh, for a little while yet. And, uh, you know, two goals in two games for Manchester United, one of which was enough to grab them a point against Southampton last time out, which was a pretty important point, to be fair, because United could easily have given up a result in that game with the way that they played. So actually, I think he's probably, as Marley says, Duncan, more one for the future. And there are lots of young players who uh, who are involved in this England squad, the likes of Jude Bellingham and Bukayo Saka, players we've touched upon in the past. So I don't think it would be too long before Greenwood breaks through into that group as well. He's nearly there. I think you get the feeling that he's nearly there. I think um, with Greenwood, it's, it'll be interesting to see how consistent he is this season. Because you think about last season, he was kind of there for like part of the season. He was kind of off for part of a part of the season. And think, think of the season before that, where he, for the last, what, 10-ish games, he was just on fire, goal after goal. So I think consistency it was what Greenwood needs to show, I think, everyone I think if he shows that consistent Southgate, we'll probably pick him consistently as well. Um, I think certainly right now he's on track because, you know, as you said, two goals in the past two games. I think he's showing that consistency. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether he can do that for, you know, the whole season. Um, If he can, then, yeah, definitely. He'll be, you know, with the likes of Saka and Bellingham and stuff. Yeah, I mean, here's the full England squad for you. 
Goalkeepers Pickford, Pope and Johnston, so no changes there. Alexander-Arnold comes back into the England squad after missing the Euros due to injury. Walker, Trippier, Maguire, Stone, Shaw, Mings and Cody, along with Rhys James, make up the defenders. Henderson, Rice, Phillips, Bellingham, Mount and Lingard, who is also back in the England squad, are the midfielders. Of course, Lingard was one of the players shaved from that provisional squad and didn't go to the Euros. And up front, or the forward players, I suppose you could say, Harry Kane, Patrick Bamford comes in, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Jaden Sancho, Bukayo Saka, Jack Grealish and Raheem Sterling. So that's the full England squad ahead of the games coming up next weekend. No Premier League action or Championship action, in fact, um, next weekend, uh, unfortunately, because the international football does take precedent. And it'll be interesting to see which players do actually end up playing for their respective national sides with the decision that Premier League sides took only a couple of days ago that they unanimously voted that they weren't going to release players for international duty to red list countries. But that's the latest three Lions squad and we're going to talk transfer gossip next. We'll do a little bit on Watford, a little bit on Everton, a bit on Liverpool, Brighton involved, so are Tottenham, lots to talk about with just five days left of the window. We'll talk about it next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social. Time to talk about the transfer gossip doing the rounds in the Premier League at the moment. Just five days to go until the closure of this summer's window on the 31st of August and still some clubs with some business in mind. This comes from Fabrizio Romano, who's the renowned transfer expert on social media. And he says that Watford have engaged in talks with Tottenham Hotspur over a possible transfer for Musa Sissoko. I wanted to throw this one to you, Marley, because you'll know a fair bit more than most about Musa Sissoko, being a Newcastle United fan. And you'll remember when he kind of burst onto the scene and, you know, he would take games by the scruff of the neck on, on many an occasion. And we've seen him do that in fits and starts at Spurs. But I think that I'm still waiting to see a little bit more from him. He's a regular in the France squad, so he must be a popular player and someone that has plenty of quality. But I'm still waiting to see that little bit extra from Musa Sissoko. I'm not sure why or whether that's unfair, but it looks like Watford are interested in picking him up. Yeah, I think when if you're still waiting for Musa Sissoko to, to show another level of his game, uh, I think you, you, you're asking a lot now, to be honest. I think he's... He's, he's he's way past his best. He's 32 now. Um, he's at Newcastle. He always had everything needed to be go on to go on and become a really really top player. Um, the the power and the running he had, um, the the dribbling and everything like that. He had such um, a, a platform with which to go and win games. It was just the consistency, and I think the consistency came from whether he, he fancied it or not. Because every time Newcastle would release him for France duty, he would go and play like it was very similar to Paul Pogba, not being able to produce it for Man United and but playing amazingly for France, very very similar. Um, and I remember Euro 2016 when um, he was a Newcastle player and he'd come off an an average season, um, and we 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 sent him to um, to away with France and he he was basically player of the tournament. He bossed every game. He he looked he looked like Pogba. He looked like the ninety million pound midfielder who might be coming to Man United, and we were we as Newcastle mm. fans were just looking at it, going, Jesus Christ, is this the same guy that plays for Newcastle? Because we're we're going to sell him for major <laughs> money soon. This is brilliant. 
Um, and sure enough, Spurs play, Spurs came in and paid uh, 30 million quid, which I, I think they've only just finished paying off. Because um, it was, I think it was <laughs> 6 million a season for five seasons, the, the way they did it. Um, so you've got you've got things like that. And I, I, don't, I didn't expect him to be, as soon as he got to Spurs, I thought, he ain't the player, you're not signing Francis Musa Sissoko, you're signing Newcastle's Musa Sissoko. And he might have a few good games, he might have a couple of good seasons, but sooner or later he will not hit those heights that you expect him to. Um, and I think that's happened to be fair. And the fact that Watford are in for him sort of shows you that his future at Spurs isn't isn't going to be necessarily in the first team. Um, I feel like if Tangai and Dombele can't get in the team, Musa Sissoko has got very little chance as well. Um, so I do think he needs to take a step down and think Watford's not a bad move for him, to be fair. Um, having said that, I don't think he'll do massively well at, Sissou- at, at uh, Watford because I feel like Sissoko is one of them players who just blends into the background. He's not someone who will always take the game by the scruff of the neck and stand up and be like, yeah, come on then. You know, you've got to get past me. I think he, he fades away and doesn't really fancy the challenge a lot of the time. And I think that's held him back because he could have easily been one of the best midfielders in Europe when when he left Newcastle if, if he had that mentality right. And I just don't think he ever did. Yeah, I mean, Musa Sissoko, Hatem Ben Arfa, those sorts of players, the old glory days, I suppose, Marley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sissoko. We had a decent decent team back then, but mm. you look at it now, we've got Jeff Hendricks trying to string a pass together and it's, uh, <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. Well, Fabrizio Romano reporting that Musa Sissoko could be on his way to Watford. Talks ongoing between Watford and Spurs, allegedly. But uh, you know what Daniel Levy's like. We've discussed it a few times on the show, so who knows if that one will get done. Here's one that comes from ESPN in Brazil. They report that Richarlison, who of course is a Brazil international who plays for Everton, is a target for PSG if Kylian Mbappe leaves the club. Now, there are also reports linking Mbappe with Real Madrid, which is a destination he's been linked with well, ever since he burst onto the scene, really, as a Monaco player, ended up going to PSG on loan, made the move permanent, and he's been there ever since. But, Duncan, if he does leave to go to Real Madrid, I, th- I thought that this was a bit of a, a strange option, Richarlison, but um, he's a player that certainly has plenty of admirers. What's your take on this transfer story? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, because if you think, oh, even a couple of weeks back, Richarlison was being linked to Real Madrid, because... Ancelotti's worked with them at Everton, and I think Ancelotti quite likes him. I personally don't rate Richarlison that highly. I, he's a good player. You know, he plays regularly for Brazil. But from what I've seen of him, he's good, but he's not the type of player you'd, you know, link PSG with. Because, you know, if they lose Mbappe, they get Richarlison, they kind of, you know, they kind of lose that bit of, in a way, that fear factor that, that Mbappe brings. You'd, th- you'd think that the money they have, they're bringing in a, another... Um, top player you know i mean i can see psg making that move because they've got so much money but i'm not sure that's the correct move for them especially because if you lose mbappe you bring richarlison in i think everton fans or players or even managers in the past they're still trying to figure out what richarlison's best position is because he's played um as a forward and he's played um attacking midfielder as well he's playing a bunch of positions for everton so what really is his best position because if you don't figure that out, then, you know, how are you going to put him into a PSG team that's, you know, f- already got so many players? And Pochettino, if he has Richarlison, he's going to have a very, very difficult job in getting a side that's cohesive. Because you've got to remember, you've got Messi, who's, you know, going to play 
on the, on his favorite um, right hand side, and you've got Neymar, who's going to be the left hand side. So I'm not sure if Richardson is the right move for PSG at the moment. He's a good player, don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, and also, like you say, will it be regular football? Um, it'd be a great chance for him to go and win trophies, which is something he's going to struggle to do at Everton, even now they've got Rafa Benitez, who's pretty good at getting things done. No trophy at Everton since 1995. But he is a Brazil regular. He, he often plays for the Selecao, won them the Olympic Games football tournament in the summer in Tokyo, got a gold medal there. So this is an interesting one, as you say, PSG targeting Richarlison if Mbappe leaves and that is an if at the moment it feels like one of those domino transfer stories where something needs to happen before something else does that's reported by ESPN Brazil the final story we're going to discuss on today's podcast comes from the Daily Express and it's about Liverpool who have allegedly inquired with Brighton and Hove Albion about their midfielder Eves Basuma. Now, Basuma's a player, Marley, who we've admired a few times on this podcast. You've suggested that, you know, his performances this season so far have been excellent. I'm not surprised he's attracting attention of the likes of Liverpool, at least according to the press, because he's one who's been talked up for a while as a, a possible uh, mover to a big six team. Yeah, I think um, the only thing I'm surprised about is that this these links didn't come sooner in the, um, in the transfer window. I think uh, he was sort of widely tipped to make that move earlier this summer and nothing quite materialised into uh, into a, a proper bid and, and what have you. So I'm a bit surprised that it's it's coming late. Um, I feel like Brighton uh, are almost backed into a corner now because it's hard to lose a player in the last week of the window and then, you know, be have to rush out and try and replace him, especially when he's so important, as important as Bissouma is. So... Um, I'm not surprised the links are coming because he's, I mean, the, his, his compilation at the weekend of, of all the little touches and, and passes and tackles and presses he made at the weekend um, was was fantastic. He was the sort of player that that top six teams look at and go, we'd love to have him because if, if you bring that bite to their midfield, it's, it's how they play. And he's so attractive to those teams who who play a high pressing system like Liverpool, like Chelsea, like Manchester. Do you think he's got the quality to step up though to the next level? Do you think he's got that within him to be able to perform like he does for Brighton but under the pressure of someone like Liverpool or Manchester United or whoever it else might be coming in for him? Uh, I don't know to be honest, but you, you know, you you never know until you try. So there's only one way you're ever going to find out, isn't there? I mean, he's 24. Um, well, he'd be twenty-five in a few days, but he's um, is that is it an age where you wouldn't back against him making that step up? I feel like twenty-four to go to a top club if you're gonna be, if you're gonna have ambitions of being one of the best in the world in the, in your position, twenty-four is about the right age to get to a, a a top club that's trying to win things. Um, so Liverpool now is is a is a decent move for him is. Um, if he can, if they can pull it off in time, I don't know what Liverpool's finances are like right now, but they've obviously got a got a plan to to try and prize him away. But I think it's uh, it'd be a decent move for all of them. Well, that comes from the Daily Express here, the newspaper in the UK. Eves Basuma, Brighton's midfielder, on the radar of Liverpool allegedly, and I'm sure he's on the radar of lots of other clubs as well because he has been excellent in the last 12 months or so. That's it for the transfer gossip. That's it for today's Football Social Daily. Thank you very much to Duncan for his appearance on the show today, all the way from Down Under, staying up late to uh, to come on the show for us. Much appreciated, Duncan. Don't forget you can check out the Full Time Report podcast on the Sports Social Podcast Network, and if you've got 
got a sports podcast of your own and you want to be a part of the network, then get in touch with us. Head to our website, sport-social.co.uk, click the podcast tab, and you can come and join and be a part of the network. There are no hosting fees and loads of other great benefits to joining the network as well. Come and be a part of the stable here, along with us at Football Social Daily. So yeah, as I say, head to the website, sport-social.co.uk. But that's it for today's Football Social Daily. I'll be back again in the morning with a full preview of the weekend's top flight fixtures, along with Ant McGinley and Jay Motti. But that's it for today, and we'll catch you again next time. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply